Welcome to today's podcast with Crosspoint Church, where we share the gospel and we share our lives. With so many fun and new exciting things going on at church, we want you to be in the loop. So make sure that you check out our Facebook page and that you check out our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com. And now for today's message. Thank you so much, Pastor Dan. Thank you so much, worship team. What an amazing uh, service that we've already had, and I hope that you have uh, just freely engaged in worship and participated and not just been a spectator. And I'm just telling you, when you do, there's something amazing that God does. And so what a morning already, and what a day today is. Today is our Miracle Offering Sunday for Kingdom Builders, and we are believing God to perform a miracle. We've been in a series called I'll Do It Today, and I had every intention last week of wrapping the series up, and I got through the first point of the message. And so uh, this is part two uh, today as we're continuing it. Uh, we have looked at that there are some things that are just far too important for us to put off till tomorrow. So last week I began the message entitled, Today is the Day to Live Generously. Today is the day to live generously. And so I'm going to continue uh, with that message today. And I'm praying that by the end of this service today that we would experience a miracle. If you've missed any of these messages, I would encourage you to listen online at crosspointwaverly.com or on Spotify or Facebook or YouTube and, and find us there and catch up on those services. I'm aware that anytime as a pastor that I preach about finances that there are some people who get uncomfortable. And maybe there are some of you who are here for the very first time and you're like, I knew it. The church, all they ever talk about is money. And I haven't been to church in 15 years. And the very Sunday that I show back up to church, this is what the pastor's preaching about. See, I told you. And uh, I just want to tell you, our church doesn't want your money. Right? So I don't, I don't want uh, your money. I mentioned last week that our church is in the best place that it's ever been financially. And we praise God for that. Like, it's been unreal to see the blessings of God upon our church. So today, as I preach this message, it's not because I want your money, it's because God wants your heart. And what I know is this, is that when we walk in obedience to God, when he has our heart, it changes everything. And I also know that for some people, this is the last item of the old self that they hold on to. And so there are some of you that God wants you, you to experience breakthrough in your life, and it's gonna be when you finally relinquish this last piece of your life that you've been holding on to, and you trust him in this area of obedience with generosity. And so uh, this morning, I'm not preaching about living uh, generously because the church wants your money. I'm preaching it because God wants your heart. And Jesus says in Matthew chapter six, verse number 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I think you could reverse that to say where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. So I'm preaching this morning because I want you to experience the blessings of God that comes from walking in obedience to him in every area of your life, including stewarding the financial resources that God has given you. When it comes to the church, I've had uh, some people say things like, should I give of my time, should I give of my talent, or should I give of my treasure? And I just think that if we were to ask Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who laid down his life for us on the cross, who's prepared for us a place in heaven for eternity, if we were to say to Jesus, Jesus, should we give of our time, talent, or treasure, I believe that his response would be all of the above. 
I don't believe that as followers of Jesus that we should negotiate the minimums when it comes back to giving back to God. So today we're going to see how living generously in these three areas makes the way for miracles. And I'm believing as you live generously in these three areas that you're going to move from never enough to see that God is a God of more than enough. That he is an exceedingly abundantly God. So last week we looked at Luke chapter 4. It's one of my favorite passages in the Bible. I'm not going to read it for us again this morning, but I would encourage you to reread it in your own time. And I just want to summarize it and highlight some of the details that I talked about last week and build upon it for this week's message. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus is teaching a crowd of people. The crowd begins to surround him and becomes larger and larger. Jesus, realizing the, uh, the limitations of how loud he can project his voice, sees that there's a boat parked on the shore. Some fishermen have gone to clean their nets, and Jesus hops in their boat, and he says to these fishermen, hey, can, can I borrow your boat? Can we go out a little way so that I can use your boat as a platform and the water as an amplification system? These men were tired. They weren't fishing as a hobby. This was their livelihood. This, they had fished all night long, and the Bible says that they hadn't caught anything. And so these exhausted men made a decision that they were going to be generous with their time with Jesus and spend some time with him. And so Jesus teaches them from the boat, and then he tells them to let down their nets again. And if you're not careful, you'll miss this. These men were tired. They had fished all night long, and they had nothing to show for it. They, uh, they had let down their nets And when they pulled them back up, they were empty. And all night long, they continued to do the same. They would let them down and pull them back empty. And they could have responded a couple of different ways. Seriously, Jesus, we're tired of losing. Like, we're we're tired and we're tired of losing. We're tired of failing. We're not in a good place emotionally, Jesus. Can't you see? And you just want to show us how bad it is. You just want to rub it in our face. And and we just want you to know that we don't want any part of that. Instead, we're just going to take you back to the shore and you can have a nice life. Maybe there are some of you watching online or in person today and you feel the same way. For some of you, your life is difficult and so uh, some are going through some stuff right now and I just wanna tell you that your response is gonna determine the outcome. Your response is gonna determine the outcome and some of you think God's being mean to you and I just wanna tell you that it's possible that God could be setting you up for a miracle. And so Simon had a different response. His response was honest and vulnerable. Master, we let down the net and we brought it up empty again And again, we've done all that we know how to do. We have nothing to sell, and we have nothing to eat. All we have to show from this horrible night of fishing is worn out bodies. But instead, Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night in our own strength, in our own ability, in our own way. But Master, at your word, we're done with our way. At your word, Master, you just say the word. And we'll try, and we'll let down the nets one more time. When they did, the Bible tells us what happened, that they caught a record number of fish. They had to signal their partners in another boat to come and help them. Both boats were so full of fish that they were sinking as they were pulling up to the shore. I'd love to have been a part of the catch of fish that day. What's amazing is even though the men definitely felt the difficulty of the moment, they fought through their feelings and they followed Jesus' instructions. And today, some of you need to fight through your feelings and follow God's direction to serve and to give and to watch and see his faithfulness. And after Jesus performed this miracle, when they decided to do it his way, it says that Simon Peter was wrecked. In verse number eight, he fell down at Jesus' knees and said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. They experienced a miracle when they did it God's way. 
What would happen if they would have made excuses or simply just told Jesus that everything else was more important than spending time with him and serving him? My guess is that they would have continued failing. These men experienced a miracle when they chose to live generously with their time. The next area where we get to choose to live generously is with our talent. In some ways, time and talent go together. Clearly, the men in the boat had the talent of maneuvering the boat, and so they could position it where Jesus needed it to be positioned, and they partner their time and their talent to be with Jesus. I'm grateful for the number of people in our church who uh, are generous with their talents here. I, I think of the gifted musicians who every week practice before they ever show up on a Sunday morning. They rehearse on a Sunday morning, and then they're here from, first, from way before first service till the end of second service to lead us in worship. I'm grateful for the, that team of people who's very generous with their talents. How many of you are grateful for them? I think of people like Matt Harkin sitting on the second row. He was drumming this morning, and then uh, beside him was Matt Mumlethi playing the bass, and then beside him was Matt Gidley playing the electric guitar, and then in the sound booth is Matt McClellan. And so if you're new to the church and you're wondering what everybody's name is, I think if you go with Matt, you're going to get a pretty good chance of, <laughs> of calling someone by the, by the right name. But Matt Harkin, among all of the other things that he does, takes his talent of network management and manages our IT needs for the church for us for free. He leverages his talent for that. I'm grateful for it. I think of men like Brian Huber, who's sitting in the sound booth right now, and among the other things that he's done, he's run countless miles of electrical wires through this building, wiring it as an electrical, uh, as a licensed electrician, using his talent for the glory of God. I think of the men and women who leverage their talents for this building. A few weeks ago, we built a sound booth down here for a number of reasons, but uh, there were a number of people who were part of that who used their talents for the glory of God and, uh, and to be able to do that. I think of how in this past year, we remodeled the youth room. And I'll never forget looking down there and seeing Nick Baker and Dave Shutnik and Henry Yoder with a jackhammer on some scaffolding going after uh, this giant concrete wall to knock it out to create the openings into the small group rooms and the bathrooms. I'll never forget the Saturday that an army of people showed up to carry literally tons of debris out of the basement up the stairs, a barrel load at a time. It was unbelievable to see that. And here's what I know is that every person who was a part of that and who's been a part of it has a, has a part in the salvations that are taking place in our church. And so, yeah, you can clap for that. It's amazing. So there are some of you who are like, I can't sing, I can't preach, but I can do something. And I just want you to know that every person who's been generous with their talents has made a difference. I think about what's happening in the youth ministry right now, and I'm just telling you, if it was anybody else, I'd celebrate them just as much as I'm about to do in this moment. But in this instant, it just happens to be my daughter. So a few months ago, Ryan Yates, the, uh, the district youth director, reached out to me maybe a couple months ago at this point. And he said, hey, Juliana did such a great job with her short sermon at Fine Arts, which is an opportunity at a district level and a state level for students to display the talents that God has given to them. And so they do that on a district level, and then some get an invitation to nationals. And he's like, she did such a great job at district level and national level. You know, and I realized there were like 60 people in the room at national level. So, you know, how about we ask her to preach this message in front of over 700 teenagers on Saturday morning? And so I'm like, I know how I would have responded when I was 16 years old. Hey, Jonathan, do you want to preach in front of 600, no, 700 students this coming Saturday, your five-minute message? I'd be like, nope, 
I'm good. <laughs> Thanks for thinking of me. <laughs> Feel free to ask somebody else. But instead, Juliana said, you know what? I want to be used of God. And if this is how he wants to use me. And I'm just telling you that my daughter, Juliana Bartholo, not only represented Jesus, but she represented our church very well yesterday morning, preaching that message. And just the courage and the boldness that I saw in her was phenomenal. So keep it up. And here's what I know is that she is the fruit of the youth ministry that we have here. Clint sent me a text message yesterday. He was having lunch. I'm going off script here for a minute. But uh, Clint and Steph led our youth ministry for a number of years uh, at the beginning of our church history. And he sent me this picture yesterday, and he said, I'm crying so hard over lunch, it's embarrassing. And so I'm looking at this goofy picture that he sent to me, and these couple of these boys are making weird poses, and then there's a zombie burgers rapper. So I'm like, are they pretending to be zombies, and he's embarrassed because of how they look right now? I was not tracking. So I sent back a question mark, and he said, uh, he said, I'm an emotional mess right now as I look at the table of senior high students and junior high students sitting here and to see what God has done in the lives of these students over the last six years. He said he's just humble. And it's just amazing to see the fruit of the youth ministry. And so Clint and Steph, I just circle back to you. And I say thank you for your investment. Thank you that uh, at the beginning of our church history that you said, here am I, Lord, send me. And you were a part of it. And the senior high students today have stuck with it and they're a part of it because of your investment. And so I wanna say thank you. What talents do you have that you're currently leveraging and giving generously uh, for kingdom purposes, right? And there's so many people that I could give credit to with youth ministry. You guys didn't do it in isolation. You had a great team, right? But you guys said, in this season, I'm gonna lead it. And so, grateful for it. I'm seeing some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that's taking place with the Christmas production with Carrie Burrish, right? And the number of you who are saying, you know what, we wanna use our talents generously for God's glory in a few weeks in December for the Christmas production. And I'm just telling you, it's gonna be next level. Like you will want to invite your friends, invite your family, invite your neighbors. When we have out, we printed off these cards the Sunday that we give them out to you, I would encourage you to give them to anybody who will listen and invite them. I believe that it is going to be a day in our church history where a number of people come to give their hearts to Jesus because people are gonna live generously with their talents. God not only wants us to live generously with our time and with our talents, but he wants us to live generously with our treasure. And some of you are like, cool, you can check me out of this one because I never got the map to discover the pirate uh, gold in the deal. <laughs> okay, cool. Y'all got it a little more than first service. Maybe I just didn't wait long enough for the laugh in first service. Yeah, I've never made it to the end of the rainbow, right? This pot of gold there. I'm just failing. When we, thank you, thank you. Somebody else want to come up here? Uh, I'm going to see if the next joke works here in a little bit. Uh, finally, God wants us to live generously with our treasure, and that's not just like some kind of make-believe treasure, but with our finances. And so many of you have been faithful with your tithe and generous above the tithe with kingdom builders, and uh, when it comes to our finances as followers of Jesus, there's an expectation from God that all believers would return the tithe, that they would give 10% of their income back to him. And so I wanna take just a few moments in this message to show you that tithing is biblical and encourage you to start there, for those of you who aren't, start at that level of obedience and experience his blessing, and then encourage you to take the next step of what can happen as you live obediently to then live generously with giving to above and beyond to kingdom builders. 
Before I go any further, there's this commercial that used to be on TV that said, I'm not only the hair club for men president, I'm also a client. <laughs> yeah, okay, it did work. It worked second service. And so I just want to tell you that, <laughs> that when it comes to this area of generosity, uh, Eric and I are not only pastors preaching about this, but we're also clients, right? I'm not going to stand up here and preach a hypocritical message and ask and challenge you to do something that we've not been willing to do ourselves. Before Eric and I ever met as kids, we'd made a determination that we were gonna be tithers. And then we got married and we, we didn't change that, we continued. And so we've tithed our entire uh, married life in, uh, in, uh, and I'll just tell you that especially early on in our marriage, there was a lot more month left than money. How many have ever been there? A lot more month left than money. And we just made a decision that we were gonna be obedient. And I'll just tell you that God has been faithful. The psalmist writes in Psalm chapter 37, verse 25, I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. I've been young and now I'm old, yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. So when I talk about living generously, I'm not asking, again, I'm not asking you to do something that we're not doing. A couple of years ago, we went on this journey to give more to global missions and local church expansion and future Christian leaders than we ever have before as a church. And so we created this funding initiative called Kingdom Builders. And so when we launched this, Eric and I believe in it so much that we knew that we couldn't just give a token gift to it and then me stand up here and passionately tell you about this and ask you to sac give sacrificially and generously to it. And so we made a decision. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you what we've done. We've made a decision that we're going to give 10% of our income to the local church, right? 10% of our increase. So anytime Eric and I have received a bonus, anytime we've received a gift, anytime we've received an inheritance, we've said, God, this is an increase to us, and you said this is an area where we can test you, and so we're gonna give 10% of that, and we're gonna trust you and see you uh, uh, be faithful in that. And so we've done it. In addition to that, we've said, God, we wanna give 10% of our income to kingdom builders. And so above and beyond the tithe, we've made this decision to say, God, even in this season of life where my son's about to go to college, where my daughter's gonna go to college in two years, we're gonna live faithfully to you and we're gonna trust you uh, to, to be our provider. And I just wanna tell you that God has been faithful time and time again. Malachi chapter three, verse number six says, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. So again, in, in chapter three, verse six, he says, I'm the Lord and I don't change. And in verse number seven, he says, from the days of the, your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts, but you say, how shall we return? Before we read verse number eight, again, I just wanna remind you, this is God speaking, the God who says, I do not change. He's saying that you've gone away from my statutes. Statutes are, uh, means principles of ordinary behavior. And he says, some of you have gone away from principles of ordinary behavior. And again, this is God saying, it's not some preacher that made this up. In verse number eight, he says, will man rob God, yet you're robbing me. You have stolen from me. And, he's, and they say, how have we robbed you? And this is God talking. He says, in your tithes and contributions. You're cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that's the church, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to test, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there's no more need. 
I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. This is God talking, saying you've gone away from ordinary principles of behavior. Tithing is an ordinary principle of behavior for God's children to thank him for their income, for their harvest, for their increase. And some people think that tithing is just an Old Testament principle, that it's not something that as followers of Jesus that we should do in the New Testament. And I just ask you this morning, if I were to say to you that Jesus in the New Testament says that we should tithe, the one who laid down his life for us, would you say, okay, I should, I should do that? Here's what we see in Matthew chapter 23, verse number 23. Jesus says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Jesus says you tithe on your first fruits. Not only do you tithe on your first fruits, you tithe on the spices of the food that you're about to prepare. And he says you should have not neglected doing that, but also given out justice and mercy and faithfulness. You shouldn't have neglected justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You ought to have done both and not left the other undone. So here's what I know is I want everybody in this room and watching online to experience the blessings of God. When we do things his way, when we walk in obedience to him in every area of our life, we experience his blessing. And if Simon would have stopped with we've already done that, imagine how they would have missed the miracle. But instead his response was at your word, and when they did it, they experienced a miracle. May today be the day that we say, God, at your word, I'm gonna live generously with my time, with my talent, and my treasure, and experience the miracles for our lives. They experienced a miracle when they did it God's way, and God wants, to wants us to live generous lives because he's a generous God. There are some of you who have been doing it your way, and you're exhausted, you're broke, you're unfulfilled, and you're wondering why. And God's waiting to pour out a miracle if you'll just do it his way. And God's way really is the best. God's way really is the best, and I believe that some of you are ready today to do things God's way. You're ready to use your time and your talents and your finances in the way that God wants. And so the starting place on that journey is obedient giving, giving 10% of our income to the church. We do this out of obedience to God, and generosity begins after this. For those of you who are wondering why people are leaving, they're not offended by the message. So just so you know, it's the worship team and they're just getting a head start. So uh, that, that should let you know that I'm getting close, okay? So uh, it's just awkward when I'm preaching about giving and then people are walking out. So please, you don't need to be next. It's almost over. <laughs> so we give 10% of an obedience to God. And then generosity begins after this. So I, I don't know if you know this or not, but as a church, we made a decision a number of years ago that we were gonna give 10% of our general fund away to missions. And so right now, we give 10% of everything that comes in to kingdom builders. And so we're not just even saying to you, asking you to live obedient. We're saying as a church, clearly we're not tithing to kingdom builders and we can't tithe to ourselves, but we're giving an equal amount to kingdom builders so that lives can be impacted. We're modeling that uh, as, as a church. A couple of years ago, we set out to give more to missions than we ever have in the history of our church. And so again, we created this funding initiative. 
where we ask everybody not to designate to specific gifts, but instead to give to uh, this, uh, the entire uh, piece of it, and then all of these uh, projects would be funded. And it's been amazing to see what God has done to be able to empower our church to have a global impact. And so we used to ask people to give to multiple different buckets. And so a missionary would come and we'd say, hey, can you give to that? Kids would need scholarships to go to camp or on a mission trip, and we'd ask you to give to that. And now we just say, hey, let's tithe and let's give to Kingdom Builders. We're asking for two two buckets. And so this year we've been able to fund so many of the projects and uh, we've raised over 220,000 of our $275,000 goal, which is just crazy. So I just want to celebrate some of the things that we've already paid out. There are missionaries that we support on a monthly basis that we've been able to give over $24,000 to them in monthly support over this last year. Over this last year, we've given $41,000 to Convoy of Hope. The children have raised over $8,000 of their $12,500 goal for BGMC. We've gifted missionaries with nearly $15,000 that have come and spoken at our church. Last week, Pastor Chance came and Pastor Alyssa, and we were able to bless them with the gift and other missionaries that have come, the same thing. Back on Mother's Day, Tyler Schultz came and he shared a message. He's, uh, he and his wife serve in India and he's working with college students there and she's working with an organization called Project Rescue that rescues kids out of sex trafficking. And so that Sunday, in addition to what we normally give for a missionary, we were able to send them away with over $5,000 for uh, Project Rescue to help kids be rescued away from a lifestyle of sex trafficking. I just wanna tell you, I love Crosspoint Kingdom Builders. Right, I love the impact that it's making. And there are just, those are just a few of the global partner projects that have been funded this year already. When you think about local church expansion, we're able to become a satellite location for Alternatives Pregnancy Center. In our third floor, there are ladies from our community over the last few months who have found themselves with an unexpected pregnancy and they've been able to come into this building and receive some godly counsel and people who will come alongside and help this mother. Right? I think it's amazing, and because of your generosity, we're able to do that, and we've already given over $8,000 to that. We've been able to continue to support Scent Church each month in Cedar Falls. Pastor Daniel Quimby planted that church. We've been a part of that. This year, uh, as you can imagine, our community has experienced all kinds of financial needs, people in our community. And uh, our church took on Salvation Army a couple of years ago where we ring the bell for people and we also distribute the funds. And so I don't know that you even know that. And so it's not, uh, it's, it's just something that we're volunteering to do. So when people have needs in our community and they're reaching out to Salvation Army, they're actually calling our church number. And so they're able to talk to Sarah or Pastor Dan or one of the other pastors and not only writing out money that's not ours, Salvation Army funds to people, we're able to pray with people and minister to people in our community. Well, those funds ran out in July. Well, let me tell you, the phone didn't stop ringing, right? Needs were still there. And so because of your generosity, over the last, from July until December, we've been able to give over $13,000 away to the poorest in our community and not say, no, there's no funds available. Instead, we're able to say, because of your generosity, we're able to bless people. One final ministry in this area uh, that I want to highlight, Lifehouse Ministries provides females a residential setting with an environment beneficial to overcoming addiction problems. And uh, Pastor Tim and Tammy Leathers have come. They've shared with our church about this. And they purchased a van a few months ago. And shortly after purchasing the van to transport these wonderful ladies around, the motor blew on it. And he said, we raised the money for the van, and that's, that's all we had. And he said, it's going to be $7,000 for us to be able to put a new motor in the van. 
And he said, is there something that Crosspoint Church can do about it? And I said, yeah, there's something we can do about it. We're going to send you a check for $7,000 right away so that you can put a motor in the van and continue to do the ministry that God's called you to do. And let me just point this out. I didn't have to stand up on a Sunday morning and ask you to take up another offering. Because you've said, Pastor, we trust you, we trust the leadership team, we want to be a part of this Kingdom Builders program, and we're going to give to it and then be able to fund all of these projects, and as a result of it, we're able to respond to an immediate need and bless them. The final category in uh, Kingdom Builders is future Christian leaders. In 2010, my wife and I returned home from India as missionaries, and we started a, a college ministry called Chi Alpha across our state. Who would have ever known, fast forwarding to today, that my son would be a senior in high school at Waverly Shell Rock and be considering one of the local, uh, I mean, state schools. And to know that our investment paved the way now to where when he goes off to one of these colleges, it's comforting to me to know that there's a community of believers that's going to encourage him in his race of faith. Right, And I would think that for all of us, that's encouraging, uh, and that you would be encouraging your kids to a Chi Alpha at one of those campuses, or at Wartburg, the college ministry that we have here on Sunday nights called The Point. But this year, we've invested over $8,000 in Chi Alpha campus ministries because of your generosity. I love it. I love our kingdom builders. We've also, not, uh, we've also been able to not let money be a reason why a kid doesn't go to camp or convention. And so Pastor Madison shared the testimony of what happened. And there have been a number of kids this year for camp and convention that have been able to be scholarship. All of this happened because of your generosity. And so I just want to tell you, we have a goal to touch even more lives this year. We're believing God for an additional $55,000 to finish funding these projects. And there are some of you who have been faithfully given each month, and I just want to say thank you. It's enabled us to touch lives faster, right? We've been able to distribute those funds and give them away uh, right away. And again, we've already raised $220,000. And I just want to tell you, I'm, you need to brace yourself for this because there better be a celebration at the end of this statement, okay? Maybe I should ask this question. How, well, no, I'm just going to go this way. Be ready. In the last two years, God has enabled our church to give nearly half a million dollars away to missions. That's, that's to God's glory. So I don't know how that hits you. Maybe half a million dollars isn't that much money to you. But y'all, that's a lot of money. And so I was talking to somebody in the hallway after first service, and they said, you know, uh, what's crazy in the last two years is the number of churches that have been shut down because for financial reasons. And yet in the last two years, in the midst of a pandemic, God has enabled our church to just be funnels of kingdom resources to people because of your generosity. And here's what I believe is it's the secret sauce. I believe the reason why God is blessing our church the way that he is is because we're investing in kingdom initiatives. And so God's realized that he can trust us as a church that we're not gonna hoard all of these resources, but instead that we're gonna steward it and give it away. Also know that there are others of you who've waited for this moment to jump in to be a part of this. And there are those of you who are new to our church and you're like, I just wanna be a part. One of the global partners that we've yet to fund this year is Priority One. Jesus said the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And one of the solutions to that is to build Bible schools around the world. There's this phenomenal ministry called Priority One. I'm going to ask you to turn your attention to the screen.
now in over 50 countries building Bible schools, training centers, and we see the result of it in country after country after country as the nationals take the good news of Jesus Christ to their people. And that's what Priority One is, that's what we do, and we love doing it. ministry that we get to be a part of, and I wish that today that we could write a check to fund an entire Bible college, right? And I believe that the day is going to come where our church will be able to write checks for hundreds of thousands of dollars to send out to do stuff like that. But today our goal is to raise $20,000 to be part of that, to partner with other churches and other kingdom investors and see Bible schools built around the world. So that's one of the projects left to be funded. Another is next Wednesday night, we're gonna pack 40,000 meals that are gonna go around the world to feed those who are hungry with meals from the heartland. We'd encourage you to show up next week and help us pack those. It's gonna be phenomenal. You can give your time and your talent. You can also give your financial resource today to make that happen. It's gonna cost $10,000 to pack those 40,000 meals. In addition, not only do we wanna help missionaries financially, we wanna be able to make sure that their emotional needs are met. There's a counseling center that uh, we wanna be able to send $5,000 to this year for the care of, of missionaries. Under local ministry expansion, we're wanting to raise an additional $7,000 for church planting and for a ministry called Teen Challenge that helps men be set free from life-controlling issues. Under Future Christian Leaders, we're believing for an additional $10,000 for the Des Moines Dream Center from Brimwood and for foster care in Iowa. And I just wanna tell us as a church, we don't serve a God of scarcity, we serve the God of more than enough. And I also wanna let you know, we're not gonna stop. And so I will never apologize for standing up here on a Sunday morning and asking people to give to help accomplish God's global mission, which is to go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Right, I'll never apologize for leveraging my influence for the unreached people around the world. There are people who say, why do we pray for different countries around the world? Because God says that his house should be a house of prayer for the nations. That's why every Sunday morning, we pray for another country and we bring awareness to the fact that there are people around the world who have never one time heard the name of Jesus. And so we say, God, I'll forgo my scooter's espresso on a Sunday morning so that someone far from you can come to know you, right? I'll sacrifice wherever I need to sacrifice because every single week I've been given an opportunity to respond to the gospel. My family's been given an opportunity to respond to the gospel, but there are others who aren't. And so God, would you take the financial resource that you've given to me and bring others to you? Today, I believe the people of God are gonna respond to his voice. We're all gonna do it his way because the lost are still lost. The thirsty are still hungry, thirsty. The hungry are still hungry. The prodigal sons still need to come home. And as we do, we're gonna experience a miracle. And so I wonder as you've stepped into this room today, what is God asking you to give? What's he saying to you as you look at the projects that are left to be funded? And here's what I believe, God's gonna perform a miracle, y'all. He just is. 
as each of us call out to him and we say, God, not, not what I wanna give, not what's in my wallet right now, but what you want me to give, I believe that all of these projects are gonna be funded with all of my heart. It's gonna happen as each of us do our part. And so I'm gonna ask you to do something this morning. The worship team's gonna lead us in a song in a minute. Prayer team's gonna come forward. If you've come here today and you want prayer for anything, just feel free in a moment to step out and they're gonna pray for you. But this is a message that I'm gonna call you to a response. And I believe that everybody's gonna wanna be a part of this. Because in the coming weeks, we're gonna celebrate the miracle that God did. And I know that all of you wanna be a part of it and not a spectator of it. And so if you're single here today, I would encourage you in this next song to be praying and say, God, what, what do you want me to give to it? If you're married, maybe in this service, you'll have a conversation with your spouse and you'll say, spouse, what, what do you sense that the Holy Spirit's doing? And you can give that today on your way out in the box. Or maybe there are others of you who will say, you know what, on the way home, we're gonna talk about it. When we get home, we'll talk about it and we'll give online. There are multiple ways that you can give to Kingdom Builders. You can write a check, drop it off cash. You can also give of stocks. So for those of you who would wanna give that way, we have accounts that we can uh, help facilitate that for you. And so I just encourage you to reach out to Sarah. She's sitting right here. Sarah, would you wave? She's, uh, she's always at this station checking in kids. You can talk to her and she can help facilitate that or you can call our church office. And so there are multiple ways that we can facilitate the miracle that God is gonna do. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room. Maybe there are some of you who've come in today and you're far from God. You're the prodigal that I just mentioned. At one time you walked with God, but you've turned your back on him and you say, today I need to see my relationship restored back to him. Maybe there are others of you who have never one time asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior and you say, today is that day when I wanna become a follower of him. Just a moment with every head bowed and every eye closed, that's you say, I need to ask Jesus to come into my life for the very first time. Or you say, I need to see my relationship restored back to him. When I count to three, why don't you slip up your hands all across this room? One, two, three, lift them up all across this room. Thank you, I see those hands. One, two, three, you can put them down. Are there others this morning? Thank you, God, let's stand all across this room. There were at least three hands that went up this morning of people who need to ask Jesus to come into their life for the very first time or who need to see their relationship restored back to him. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. And if that's you, I want you to repeat it after me and mean it with everything that's within you. But know that you won't be praying this prayer alone, but that each of us in support of you will also be praying. Let's pray. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I've messed up. This morning, I ask for your forgiveness. Come and give me a fresh start. Be my savior, be my king. Take over every area, take over every aspect and help me from this day forward to live for you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God praise for what he's done this morning. Thank you, God. If you prayed that prayer online or here in person, I would ask that you would text the word yes to 319-250-8998. Text the word yes to 319-250-8998. We wanna encourage you along in the decision that you've made in the journey that God's gonna take you on. I wanna pray over you. Uh, prayer team's coming to the front. The worship team's about to lead us in this song. And so I would just encourage you, uh, if you've come with any need today, to step out as soon as they begin singing and come forward for prayer. God, we thank you so much for what you've done in the hearts of people this morning. 
that even in a message as sensitive as generosity today, that there would be three or four people that would respond to the gospel. So we celebrate that and we thank you. Lord, I pray for uh, those that have been obedient with tithing and giving 10% of their income and for those that have been giving above and beyond that to kingdom builders, that you would continue to bless them. Lord, that your blessings would continue to be poured out upon them. And for those that haven't taken that step, that first step on the journey to generosity of becoming tithers, I pray that today that you would give them the courage to do it, that they would step out in faith. And Lord, I pray that as they do, that they would see the floodgates of heaven open, open upon their lives. Lord, for those that have been holding on to that one area of their life, I pray that today that they would relinquish control of it, that they would give back to you what's yours. And as, as they do, I pray that you would bless them. God, for those that have been tithing but haven't been given to kingdom builders, I pray that today would be the day that they would jump in, that they would say, I want to be a part of what God is doing around the globe because of kingdom builders. God, we thank you that in the last two years that we've given more to missions than what we did in the first five years as a church. And Lord, we believe this is just the beginning. That as you begin to, and continue to pour out your blessings upon people, that will continue to be able to be a conduit and a funnel. That your blessings will come and we'll just keep sending it out so that lives that are far from you would be turned back to you. That the hungry would be fed, that the thirsty would be watered, that the prodigals would come home because of the generosity and people's response back to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.